Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now. It's 105 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Along with Dave Campbell, who's pinch hitting today for Brendan Escott. Brendan will host the show tomorrow, as I mentioned, Jack Michaels and myself at a uh, team event. Mark Spector will be in, star for Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Wednesday, uh, as part of our Touchback Safety Oilers Legend Series, well, we'll give you a hint. Uh, this guy had a lot of penalty minutes. So there's your hint. And uh, he won cups in the 80s. So there's another hint. For you. Uh, so far in our series, we've had uh, Wayne from the Edmonton operation, Wayne Gretzky, along with Glenn Anderson, uh, Kevin Lowe, Dwayne Rollison, last week, Fernando Pisani. Some of the guests that we've had here since we've uh, started our Touchback Safety Oilers Legend Series. Uh, as I mentioned, Dave Campbell is here. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor going into his sixth season here on the show, and that is Digitex. And Digitex, don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is at digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, and IT, all that kind of stuff. You can uh, reach us uh, momentarily on the uh, River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Again, they've got sticks Friday night at the River Cree Resort and Casino. Tickets at rivercreeresort.com. And Texas at 630-630 in our Heartland Fort text line out in Fort Saskatchewan. John Sexsmith's coming in from Global Television at 1.35. But as promised, uh, to give us a little bit of perspective from a sort of an analytics-driven area, from the NHL Network, Mike Kelly joins us on Oilers. Now, Mike, it's Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you? I'm, I'm a little nervous, though. I hear you list off all those guests, those great guests, Wayne Gretzky, Glenn Anderson, and you know now you Mike Kelly. That's, uh, that's a step down there, but... Uh, you guys got some awesome guests, anyways. Some days we we do all right. Uh, you know, we it goes okay. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> we have we have a guy each day uh, for about ten months during the season, and then we get into our uh, off season stuff. So uh, uh, one of these days, I'm going to get the premier on right after Brian Burke and put him on a day with Elliot, uh, and maybe get Wayne on that day as well, just to, just because Elliot <laughs> Elliot seems to be the guy that uh, likes to grill me the most about having about having that uh, having that happen. Hey, uh, I saw that you, yeah, I saw you did a thing with the NHL Network on the weekend, and I kind of wanted to get to it because uh, you know we used to have Tyler Dello on the show before he actually joined uh, the Oilers organization. Uh, then he came to work for the team for a couple years, um, 
As you know, I mean, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, so uh, Tyler has uh, moved on and is now a uh, in sort of almost like a VP role with the New Jersey Devils, and they're they're a heavy analytics-driven team. Where are we at with the uh, analytics community around the NHL? How many teams do you think are in full bore, and how many teams are maybe do it but are a little bit quieter about it? Uh, what's your perspective on that? I think at this point you can count on one hand how many teams aren't you know, making some type of, of, I'll say, meaningful investment in the area. Um, Even a few years ago, you know, I'd say maybe four years ago, um, by having kind of some some of that really good third-party analytics that that certain companies provide and a company that I work with, SportLogic, provides, um, you would have a real competitive advantage. Um, Most teams have this information now, so the competitive advantage in the current landscape to me really comes from having people like Tyler, you mentioned, um, working within your organization uh, who who can make the most of of that data collection. And, you know, I really like what New Jersey's done in appointing a VP to oversee a department, um, having a few people underneath uh, to bring in as well. Um, You know, having access to really good information is obviously key also. you're seeing more and more teams invest. And, you know, the way I look at it, it's it's funny because in sports, for some reason, it's, it's and in hockey, certainly viewed a little differently than traditional business. But you think that most teams are putting anywhere from 70 to $81 million of talent on the ice. Um, so to make an investment in analytics to ensure that you're, you're uh, making the most informed decisions possible, maybe saving yourself one bad contract here and there, um, it's worth it to me, and most teams doing it now, but you still have uh, a handful for uh, whether there's not a full buy-in, whether it's budgetary, um, that, that aren't quite as far along. Well, let's, let's simplify it. There's no salary cap on R&D. Nope. Right? And so, there, like, exactly. And, and you look at the Maple Leafs, and there's an organization that's all in. So they've got they've got a team. Now, I find New Jersey interesting uh, because New Jersey has been spending money Outside of, they've been spending money on players as well. They've had a very active summer, as we know. Uh, but they've also, it's not just on the analytics side. Like, they've beefed up their whole, uh, the website of their organization as well. And uh, social media, like, it's it, it, it's pretty uh, intriguing the direction organizations are going. But, uh so who would be at the the top of the which which organizations would you say are sort of from your perspective are maybe the top five in the NHL on the cutting edge of it right now? I I, I mean, is Carolina one of those teams that would be up there? Yeah, look, it's uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you talk about there not being a cap on R and D and and there's certain big market teams um, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, like the New York Rangers that bring in a lot of money. Um, and have the ability to spend in those areas if they if they so choose. And it's public knowledge. I think a lot of the staff that the Maple Leafs have working there. Um, you know, Carolina. They've got a few people, um, but you know, Tom Dundon. I think is is uh, conservative in how he spends his money. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot of it, um, but I think he chooses to spend it um, conservatively. Um, so you know, with, without. Uh, getting too far into i guess you know what i've learned that that uh i'd like to keep closer <laughs> um 
I'd say the Maple Leafs, are, to my knowledge, would probably have the most robust analytics department of any team in the NHL. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of the guys you talked about the other night was Leon Dreisaitl. And it's funny, uh, when Leon was playing for the Prince Albert Raiders and Corey Clouston, who played at the University of Alberta, was coaching him, he, you know, he said, Bob, he's, he's turning guys that, are, you know, would struggle to be third-line players in most WHL teams into 35 goal scorers in our league. <laughs> uh, you know, at that time, he was thought of as the Deutschland dangler. Uh, by the way, a, <laughs> a nickname which Leon uh, did not like. Uh, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and uh, subsequent to that, uh, after this pass, put it this way, I, I was the biggest uh, pro-Leon guy you could meet because the the Edmonton Oil Kings, that was the Memorial Cup year. They won the Memorial Cup that year. They played PA in the first round of the playoffs, and PA had two players that stood out, and one was Josh Morrissey, and Leon was really good. And when those two players weren't on the ice, PA had no chance. And... Uh, you know, uh, in my wildest dreams, as much as a of a, a personal uh, cheerleader I may have been and have been accused of of being of Leon's over the last couple of years uh, since he first came here, I did not, Mike, see him being a 50-goal scorer. Like, I just, I thought he could be, for sure, a 25-goal, 75-point guy. I did not think he could score 50. Was that a, did the numbers suggest that he could be that type of player? think that i mean playing with Connor mcdavid helps no question about it um but I, I agree with you that i didn't think that leon would be able to put the puck in the net quite at the rate that we've seen um but you know it's interesting just from the outside looking in not living in alberta um not being as connected to the team as you are obviously i i, I did see a lot even at the start of this season uh of people that would get on dry uh, about not playing well or not being able to center his own line and um, you know, I think just because he's with Connor doesn't mean he can't center his own line. Um, I think it's it's crazy to think that Leon couldn't center his second line. You, you, bring, you bring up a good point, going back to his junior days of a guy that elevates the players around him. Right. And part of a segment that I did at the NHL Network in this analytics special we did on Friday was uh, talking about kind of some sneaky skills about players that, that, you know, may not necessarily be the first thing that you think when you hear that player's name. And, you know, with Leon, he is a 50-goal scorer uh, this season. But if you ask him what his greatest attribute is, he'll probably tell you it's his passing ability. And, you know, when you look at some of the numbers that I focus on um, that would, would show you how good of a passer a player is, how many passes does he complete, uh, what's his completion percentage on passes, how many passes does he complete into the slot, that high-contested area in front of the net, Leon's top 15 in the league, and he was actually top three in completing passes into the slot. Um, Nikita Kucherov blew everyone out of the water, and he blew everyone out of the water in assists as well. There's a direct link between getting pucks to high-danger scoring areas and collecting assists, as you can imagine. Um, So, you know, Leon, if you just look at the numbers and you see 50 goals, uh, it might be easy to forget that I think he's one of the better playmakers in the NHL. I'd certainly have him top 10. Uh, did you do sort of prognostications on potential point totals? I have not. Okay. Uh, re- is it realistic to think that both, I mean, assuming uh, that McDavid and Dreisaitl stay healthy and they've prided themselves on, you know, playing full seasons uh, or close to full seasons, 80-plus games, do you think they'll both get over 100 points again? Yeah. I mean, if they play on the same line together for much of the season and they play 77-plus games, um, no reason to think they wouldn't. I mean, no reason to think that McDavid won't win the scoring title. Um, it'll certainly be, you know, it, it, it'd kind of be McDavid or the field, and 
Um, if, if McDavid's healthy, it'd almost be an even split, I would think, if you think he's going to win the scoring title. He has as good a shot as anybody. So are, are we giving Nikita Kucherov enough respect here? I mean, the guy the guy won it kind of almost going away a bit last year, didn't he? He did. Um, you know, McDavid just continues to score more and more points every season. Yeah. I, I don't know what Connor's ceiling is. Um, <laughs> you know, wh- whatever he scores, he gets more the next year. So where does it level off for McDavid? Um, you know, Edmonton's power play, does he, does, he get, does he get some more points on the power play? The even strength scoring, um, obviously very good. Um, with Leon kind of his running mate there and the way that those two feed off each other. So I don't think, what did he have last year, 116? 116 maybe? Yeah, I think so off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, why why couldn't he get to a Kucherov number, 125, 130, somewhere in there? The scoring in the league uh, really took a big jump last season. Um, will it go up a little more overall? Um, and if it does, you know, that's just more points as well. So I, I, can, I don't think the last season was the ceiling. Mike, it's interesting. I put a pre every year in late August, I put a pre, you know, sort of third week of August, a, a sort of preseason points prognostication out. And I only yep. had a McDavid at 101. And oh, man, did I hear about it from people? They're like, oh, you're, <laughs> you know, something, you know. And I'm, I'm like, I just, you know, I, and I, I was just, do you know how hard it is to get 100 points? And I'm with you. Points have got, you know, last year was a higher scoring league. I wonder whether or not if McDavid gets his minutes cut by a, a minute per game or a minute, because it sounds like Dave Tippett's going to use him less on the penalty kill. I wonder if less is actually going to be more for Connor. You know what I mean? That's a great point. That's a great point. And as soon as you were saying that, I thought, well, less ice time might not mean less points, right? Right. Um, you know, I think we can certainly think of guys in the league, superstars who have their minutes managed maybe a little too much. Um, but there is that fine balance in there somewhere, and I think McDavid's playing as much as he is out of necessity, obviously, more than anything. Right. Um, le- less about what's optimal for him, maybe. Um, but, you know, when I looked at why scoring went up as much as it did in the league, I looked at why save percentages went down. What I noticed is that uh, players were getting into the middle of the ice, into that slot area, uh, at a much higher rate than they have in years past. And I have theories on why that is. You know, I think the clutching and the grabbing is obviously down, but even the slashing on the hands is down. You uh, you penalize for that more now. Um, players are more skilled. They're faster. Uh, these are all things to me that lead to uh, obviously more scoring chance creation and more goals, but why wouldn't it continue along this trend next season? Maybe not as much of a jump as we saw, but um, I, I don't think it's necessarily an aberration that scoring went up the way that it did, and that just plays right into McDavid's uh, a guy like his hands. From the NHL Network, Mike Kelly, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. You know what? I'm going to take it one step further regarding McDavid. Uh, one of the limitations, the the advantages that, that uh, Kucherov has, obviously he's got a better supporting cast at forward, but he's got a much more capable puck-moving defense. Uh, you know, and now they've added Shattenkirk into the mix. Of course, mm-hmm. they've still got Hedman. They've got Sergachev, who you know I know he had a little bit of a, a regression last year, but is you know got got I and I look at Edmonton and I do think in a couple of years they're going to be in pretty good position here. They're going to have a very different looking defense than they have right now, and I think that's some of the limit. That's some of the limitation. Why like for Connor to finish at 116 with the Oilers' defense as low scoring as it was, and contrast that with you know the potential that Tampa uh, Bay offensive support that they have because uh, they, they come at you with three lines, not with one. And then the back-end support. I could see McDavid continuing to grow as the Oilers' defense gets transitioned from more of a stay-at-home, more physical D to more of a puck-moving D. Agree or disagree with that sentiment? 
Uh, I agree with it. Um, you know, I might think that they weren't as bad as some other people in that area last season. You know, I look at certain things in terms of their breakout, um, their ability to get out of the defensive zone, move the puck up the ice into the offensive zone. I, I kind of saw them as a middle of a package team, uh, less less than a really deficient team, I guess. Um, but you're right. I mean, they've got young guys coming up, and, and if they do acquire uh, players that can certainly do that better than, than what they have now. It's only going to help them. Um, and, you know, with Connor, obviously, he, he can start it in his own end, but you get him the puck in the neutral zone with uh, one or two less guys to beat, and it's just that much more dangerous. Um, he's capable of creating so much offense on his own. Uh, one of the things that I look at when I look at not only speed that a player has, um, but their ability uh, to be a threat with that speed is your zone entries, how often are you getting it in, but also how many chances are you creating off the rush. And McDavid's at the top of the list or right near it every year. Um, He's a guy that can take it from the neutral zone to the net on his own. Um, So, you know, with help, with a little bit of help in terms of a better transition game, yeah, it plays right into his strengths, uh, obviously. And um, I guess the good thing at the end of the day is, though, that he's still able to create as many chances as he is, essentially by himself, which he's had to do for a few years. How uh, how much of a variance do you think shooting percentage matters? I mean, I look at a guy like Drysaddle, went from 12.9 to 21.6% last year, the year that he had the 50 goals, um, which would suggest that maybe he bounces back somewhere in the middle to, to 16 17%. Do you factor that in, or do you look more at where guys are getting their shots from, which you brought up earlier in the conversation? Uh, I look at all of it. Um, I think, you know, it's really simplistic if all you do is look at a guy's shooting percentage and say, well, that's X amount higher than league average, therefore expect a regression. Um, you know, I've written and talked extensively about a guy who was kind of a post for that, um, who was Mark Shifley. And he shot 20%. A lot of people, you know, fantasy hockey, whatever it might be, regret. Um, even if he's an elite shooter, but maybe he'll be around 12% or 13%. Um, but then I look at the fact that Shifley uh, not only gets a lot of high-danger shots on goal, but he, he's effectively wiped out low-danger shots. And I've talked to him, and he's, he's told me, you know, if, if I don't think I have a good opportunity, I'll try to hang on to it, maybe make a play. Um, so the percentage of his shots on net that end up being low-danger shots are much less, which, you know, thus you end up having a pretty high shooting percentage when you do shoot because it's probably coming from a good scoring area. Uh, and Shifley has consistently shot around 20% uh, since then in his career. So, you know, with Leon, he ranked seventh in the league last year in shots on goal from the slot. Um, I haven't done really a deep dive onto uh, his total shots, his outside shots, uh, where it was compared to the year before, et cetera. Um, so, I, you know, I'd, I'd want to look at that before giving a concrete answer, but you know, one thing I can tell you, the guys that were ahead of him in terms of his quality shots on net are Matthews, Tarasenko, Ovechkin, Monaghan, Tavares, and McKinnon. Uh, if you can hang in that company, you're going to score a lot of goals. And especially when you watch the goals Leon scores, um, you know, a lot of them give and go plays, uh, odd man rushes with Connor. These are, these are high scoring probability plays. So um, I think that would lend itself to thinking that he will consistently be shooting above you know, what you would expect a league average forward. Uh, whether it's, it's to that number you mentioned or not, I'd, I'd want to do a bit deeper a dive on that. All right. Uh, one final one for you. Uh, Epstein's mother has texted the show. Ask Mike how he thinks the Oilers are going to do this season. 
Uh, well, I've kind of started to work on a model that I'm um, looking at potential projections for teams, and I'm not quite done yet. I want to do some more fine-tuning, but uh, it's not good. Um, <laughs> right now, right now, I've got them ahead of L.A. in the Pacific, and that's it. Okay. And that, that's a somewhat consistent theme. I think that's out there as well. Uh, Cactus Jack has texted the show. He says, have Mike on more. He's the first stats guy that sounds like he's got a personality. He's good radio. So there you go, Mike. You passed the Cactus Jack uh, text here on Oilers now. So uh, that's you. There you If you only <laughs> knew. That. If you only knew. Uh, I'll I love ta- it. I love it. We'll, uh, we'll reach out again. Thank you for your time, Mike. Okay. Yeah, anytime, Bob. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Mike Kelly from the NHL Network. It's uh, one. T- How many Mike Kellys? There was the Mike Kelly that used to be the head coach at UNB. Coached for years. And I thought, uh, where is he now? He's coaching something. Maybe he was in the OHL as an assistant. One twenty-five in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout, and then we're going to be uh, graced in studio by a guy who's got quite a story. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline and a guy you'd never want to anger on the ice. Uh, a talented uh, sportscaster, uh, John Sexsmith, coming up. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 126 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, John Sexsmith is in studio from Global TV. How you doing? Dreaming to live, baby. Dreaming to live. Uh, well, and we should mention, for those listeners that don't know, you've had a bat. What are you, year six now in your... Yeah, almost seven, yep. What, what t- just... Prostate r- cancer. Prostate cancer. Incurable. In, they said it's... And they said it's curable. Incurable. They said it's incurable. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Like uh, That was almost seven years ago. Seven years ago. <laughs> and you're still here. I am. You're still. Yeah, above I'm still ground. on the right side of the fairway. Thank you. Yeah. And and I started a new treatment here. I'm into f- uh, month number five. It's called apalutamide. It was approved in Canada last fall. Okay. And uh, I was lucky enough to, I think I call it, joining the all-star team. It's called EPIC, Edmonton Prostate Interdisciplinary Cancer Clinic. It's some of the best researchers, doctors. Uh, healthcare professionals in the region, yeah. and I was lucky enough to crack the lineup and start this new procedure. And you're feeling better? Oh, it's been working wonders. I'm a few, I'm, today. I'm a little tired. Yeah. Um, some days, you know, are better than the others, but um, my numbers went down 90% the first month and 50% the subsequent two. So I won't see the doctor or the the group, uh, as you will, if you will, uh, until September, and then we'll find out what my numbers were here in the last couple of months. So you're we're back working full time. We'll get a little yeah. bit more information Started from you here. last March. Uh, you know, we got it because you were in this building once before. In fact, you worked yeah, in that studio with Dave Campbell back in the day, right? He was your guy. Is it bringing you, back memories, Dave? Uh, it is. It's weird because I hardly sit in this chair anymore. Uh-huh. Like, I do spot duty. I might be here like two, three weeks. Is that out of 95, the whole year. 96, guys? 95, 96. Yeah. 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 And uh, I work with John. And uh, if we John... could talk about some of the stuff we heard off the air. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my yeah. book. That's the name of my book that I'm going to write. Well, oh, Dave uh, Shemako and I used to host a show together. God rest yeah. We had a blast together, actually. Yeah. It was fun. That one year was fun. Yeah. yeah. It sure. 
was. Here we go. Uh, we're going to go to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan and come back with John Sexsmith from Global TV. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.